Welcome to The Talk at Revolution, where each week we explore what it looks like to find Jesus and live like Him in a practical way. At Revolution Community Church, we know that we are better together. Each week, we look to celebrate Jesus, connect with others, and contribute to the church, community, and beyond. If you'd like to connect with Revolution or take a next step, please visit us at revolutioncc.org or at our Logansport, Indiana campus located at 3930 East Market Street. Now, we hope you are encouraged and challenged by this talk. Thirty-four, Come, bless God, all you servants of God, you priests of God, posted to the night watch in God's shrine. Lift your praising hands to the holy place and bless God. In turn, may God of Zion bless you, God who made heaven and earth. Thank you so much, Grace. Let's give it up for Miss Grace Scott. All right, how we doing, Revolution? We doing all right this morning? Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, hey, uh, I am glad that you're here. My name is Nate. If we have not had the opportunity to meet, uh, I have the privilege of serving as the Worship Arts Director here at Revolution. And uh, man, I'm just glad you guys are here, or if you're joining us online, uh, man, I'm just honored that you are here to celebrate with us this morning. And I am super, super pumped uh, for the series that we're in. I'm going to scoot this forward a little bit, otherwise I'll fall off stage. Um, for this series that we're in called uh, Psalms of Summer, uh, where each week we're looking at a different psalm. And there's 150 of these psalms. It's the biggest book in the Bible. And you can find it right in the middle. And uh, these writings are absolutely incredible. Like they, they cover the whole gamut of human emotion and the human experience and this journey called life. And... Um, they're written mostly as poetry, and actually a lot of them were written as songs uh, that were sung by the nation of Israel, the ancient Jews, uh, and actually are still saying today in many Judeo-Christian gatherings, just like our gathering uh, today. And so each week we're going to, uh, we're taking a different psalm and we're going in depth and kind of behind the scenes with it almost, much, much like uh, one of my favorite 80s and 90s. TV shows, pop-up video. Who remembers pop-up video? Show of hands. Come on. Yeah, don't be shy. All right. A few of you remember pop-up video. So pop-up video was this TV show where they would play music videos, and each of these music videos, they would have these little pop-ups uh, that had tidbits of information uh, about the artist, the song, uh, like the movie, if the, maybe the song was in a movie. And I, I thought of like, what is the best way to explain pop-up video, and try as I might, there's no way I could. So I figured it's just better if we just experience together. So check this out. That is how I know you go across the distance and spaces between us. Near 
movie Titanic, if you don't remember. a lot come on now <laughs> absolutely incredible absolutely incredible and kids in the room there's a lot of kids with this man you guys are so blessed with your cell phones and your iPads and the whole wide world of the internet you will never know the absolute beauty that was spending an entire day maybe a rainy day maybe a sunny day let's be real on the couch with a bag of Cheetos watching pop-up video filling your mind with all of this information that you will never use in any sort of way. Um, so, so yeah, this series is kind of like pop-up video uh, for the Psalms. And hey, if you're watching online and you remember pop-up video, give me a heart in the comments real quick. Uh, or better yet, put your favorite song to watch on pop-up video into the chat. I can't wait to check those out later. I'm sure there'll be some gold ones. So Together, we're going through these psalms, and last week, Anthony actually gave us the challenge of reading the entire book of psalms together. There's 150 psalms, and so last Sunday, we started, um, and if, you're, if you started with us last Sunday, we're, today we're on psalms 22, 23, and 24. But if you haven't started with us, uh, or haven't started yet, man, I would love for you to join us. Uh, it's super simple. Each day we're reading three psalms, and over the course of 50 days, that will cover the entire book of psalms, and we will have read it together. And um, most of the days are super short. A lot of the psalms are really, really short, just like ours today was really short. There are a few that are a little longer, and, and so they might take a little bit longer, but that's all right. I encourage you, just take your time, really rest in them as you read them. They were written in the most beautiful, uh, with the most beautiful verbiage and, and words. So uh, I would actually encourage you if you, maybe you have like the Bible app on your phone. We talk about that all the time. Or if you have some different translations of the Bible, look at some different translations of the Psalms as you read them. Maybe each day try a different translation. Uh, I'm a really big fan of the Message Bible, uh, which is a translation. Uh, actually, I have it up here with me and that's what Grace read from earlier. There's a translation made by a guy named Eugene Peterson, who was a seminary professor, taught ancient Hebrew, which is what most of the Old Testament was written in. And uh, the reason he translated the entire Bible into uh, this kind of modern language is uh, he started by doing psalms. He would translate a psalm, and since the, the wordage is so powerfully poetic, he would translate it in such a way that, that it was very moving in, in, in today's language to capture that same visual imagery and, and poetry. And so uh, he would translate them for his students as uh, prayers. And so he ended up translating the entire Bible. And that's how we got the message. But it's a great way to really understand some of the power uh, behind the words and, and lyrics as we read. So, um, so that's where we're at. And I'll tell you what, this series has already started being really powerful for me personally. Uh, just as we've been going through it and planning each week and kind of diving in, um, one truth I think we can all agree on, to varying degrees maybe, is that music is really powerful, right? Like music moves us. Um, it does something for us that many other things can't do. And for, for me, music is a great way to begin to understand something, to take a biblical truth and really understand the, the deeper meaning behind it, or even an idea, um, you know, out, out of secular music. 
Uh, So last week, Anthony started our series by walking us through Psalm 42. And we talked about the power of gathering together. And of course, many of you are in the room with us right now experiencing the power of gathering. But we also read how the author had made an idol out of gathering, how he longed for the power of the gathering rather than longing for the God that we gather for. And so we landed on the truth that gathering is a gift. And then we also heard from the Tuatavukis, and they talked a little bit about some of the racial division and tension that's happening in our world right now. And then ultimately, we sang some songs of truth to the only one who can bring healing to the brokenness, this guy, Jesus. And so today, we're going to focus a little bit more on that response, our call to come bless God, as Grace read just a few minutes ago. And I was wondering, uh, since our psalm is so short today, I think there's a lot of power in reading God's word together. And so I was hoping we could read this together. So will you take a moment and just stand with me? And uh, we're going to throw this psalm up on the screens. And let's read it together. Come, bless God, all you servants of God, you priests of God posted to the night watch in God's shrine. Lift your praising hands to the holy place and bless God. In turn, may God of Zion bless you, God who made heaven and earth. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Awesome. So come bless God. It begins with this, this statement that's, that's not like a request, right? This is a command. Like, come, get up, drop what you're doing, and bless God. And maybe if you like grew up in the church or you have some history with the church, you've heard this word bless before. Or, or maybe you're new to the church, new to this Jesus guy, and you're like, uh, the only time I've ever heard bless you is if someone sneezes. So like, did God sneeze? Like, what's going on? Why are we saying bless you to God? And, and I think the truth is like, we don't really know what this word means. I mean, I, I have to be honest, I grew up in the church. Uh, my dad's a pastor, my grandfather's a pastor, and I didn't even really know what it meant. Uh, during our quarantine period, the Revolution Music Team, we sang a song over you guys a few times called The Blessing uh, that has these words from Numbers chapter 6 where it says, the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Wonderful words, wonderful sentiments. And you might be thinking like, that sounds nice, but so what? Like, what does that really mean? And as some of you know, I actually grew up in the South, uh, in Alabama, and uh, down there, when someone says, particularly like if an older woman says, oh, bless your heart, uh, what they were really saying is, oh, you're kind of stupid, aren't you? (laughs) Um, uh, Clearly, that's not what being said here. Um, and so again, I, I, like I said, I don't even, I didn't truly knew what the word meant. So I turned to an expert. Uh, this is the expert that I found. Anyone speak German in the room? Perfect. All right. So uh, this word or this book in English is called the Theological Handbook of the Old Testament. Theological Handbook of the Old Testament. And uh, again, I don't read German, but I found some translations, and I love, this book has a definition of blessing God, and this is what it says, blessing God is an exclamation of gratitude and admiration, an exclamation of gratitude and admiration. Now, I don't know how much about German, like, culture and language you know. Uh, I used to watch Hogan's Heroes growing up, you know, Colonel Klink. Sergeant Schultz, anybody with me? 
There we go. So I'm basically an expert on German culture just because of Hogan's Heroes. Um, and I know that the Germans don't use the word exclamation like lightly. This is a big deal for them. But I love this idea because an exclamation is not like a simple statement, right? It's a big statement. It's a bold statement. It's a loud statement. And I love this idea because our God is a big, bold, loud God. Like he's, he's big, We should be making a big statement about who he is. And I love this this definition because not only does it kind of define what is blessing God, but it tells us how. Out of gratitude and admiration for who he is. Uh, I remember when uh, my wife was pregnant with our first child, who's actually sitting in here with us right now, little Layla. And um, I have always, always wanted to be a dad, ever since I was a young teenager, and I always, always wanted to have a little girl. Uh, I am one of two boys, uh, so just boys growing up. My dad is one of two boys. My mom is one of three sisters and her siblings of four, but all of them only have boys. I have like 37,000 boy cousins. Um, so lots of boys growing up, and so I always wanted to have a little girl. And so she was pregnant, and we were going in for our first sonogram. And by this point, my brother and his wife had already had three kids, all boys. Um, so I just knew beyond a shadow of doubt that we were having a boy, like Scots have boys. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a thing, right? It's a truth. Um, and so, uh, the, the, the sonogram nurse, you know, put the jelly on and spread it and any nurses in the room, just thank you for what you do because you, but anyway, um, the sonogram lady, the nurse was kind of moving the wand around and she goes, it's a girl. And I'm like, uh, no, it's not. Uh, clearly you're mistaken. We only have boys. It's just how it happens. And so she's like, I'll look again. And so she kind of moved around and then she paused. And I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm not pregnant, clearly. It just looks like I am. But um, she moved the thing around and like clearly on the monitor, you could see that it was a girl. Like, you know, the parts line up one way or the other. It was a girl. And I was so excited. I rather awkwardly, I might add, like grabbed my wife's belly and said, I'm so sorry, little girl, but I love you. The nurse was terrified. I mean, she didn't know whether to run or like call the police. My wife was terrified because I'm screaming into her belly. But I was so excited. I was so excited. The only thing I could do was make an exclamation to shout how excited I was for this little girl. And I think, friends, that this is where blessing God has to start with our own exclamation of gratitude or admiration. We shout about how incredible God is and all the things that he's doing. In the Bible, it even says that the angels who are surrounded, you know, surround God and are with him always, that all they can do is is yell, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. An exclamation of gratitude and admiration. And do you know what those two words have in common? Gratitude, this this idea of of giving thanks to God, or admiration, you know, being being in awe of someone or something. Both of those are very outwardly focused. Like when we're when we're looking at God with gratitude and admiration, there's nothing we can do but exclaim. Like when we think about who God is, the creator of the universe who put the heavens and the stars into motion, 
You know, scientists have barely scratched the surface of our understanding of space and, and everything that's happening out there. We, we look around our world, animals and plant life and ocean life, and again, we've only scratched the surface of what's in our oceans, right? We think about the wonder of the human experience, the gift of salvation through Jesus. When we stop and think about it, it's pretty easy to see that God is so big and he's done so, so much for us to be grateful for. An exclamation of gratitude and admiration, I believe, is just our natural response. Like when we understand the full measure of of who God is and all that he's done, we can't help but be just a blubbering, befuddled fool. And that's why I'm so grateful we have the Psalms because they help put words to these emotions, these thoughts. And this is my point. It's up on the screen. We bless God with an exclamation of gratitude and admiration. We give him honor. We sing songs of truth that speak to who he is and everything he's doing. We share stories of his goodness and his kindness in our life, all because of who he is and everything he's done in us, through us, and all around us. Last week, Anthony shared how there's uh, three basic types of psalms. We're going to throw them up on the screen. There's psalms of orientation, where everything is kind of right in the author's world, and they are looking at God and having thankfulness for who he is. And then we have psalms of disorientation, where maybe the author is going through a situation or something is skewing their image of God, maybe even making them cry out in distress. And then finally, we have psalms of reorientation, where Again, the author is going through a situation, but ultimately they know like God's going to pull them through, and so they give thanks for that. And Psalm 134 is, is a psalm of orientation. We, it's a psalm of acknowledging who God is and celebrating that fact. But Psalm 134 is also uh, the last of a group of 15 psalms that are called the Psalms of Ascent. The Psalms of Ascent, Psalms 120 through 134, make up these Psalms of Ascent. And they're called this because they would have been used by the nation of Israel, by uh, people of the Jewish faith, as they made their ascent to Jerusalem. See, three times a year, a Jewish family, uh, by law, was required, by uh, the Bible law, was required to go to Jerusalem. And uh, when I say family, this is not like a group of four hopping in the family sedan, taking the station wagon off and going. No, this is groups of like 50, 80, 100 people making a four, five, six, seven day journey, very arduous, to Jerusalem. And on this journey, uh, they would make sacrifices to God to atone for their sins over the past you know, several months. And they would also celebrate God and everything that he had done in the history of the nation of Israel. Things that we read about like Father Abraham and Jacob and Uh, Joseph and Daniel in the lion's den and Moses bringing the Israelites out of Egypt and Joshua conquering the promised land. Things that we read about all throughout the Old Testament. And uh, Jesus, as a Jewish person, (laughs) would have made these same trips for these festivals. And we read about one such trip actually in chapter two. Uh, But these journeys, they were not easy. Um, Jerusalem is actually built on top of a mountain. Um, and uh, as is the case when you have one mountain, it is also surrounded by other mountains. (laughs) 
So as these families made their journey to Jerusalem, they literally ascended mountains. And as they physically ascended mountains, they would sing or recite these psalms of ascent to set their mind and their heart's focus on Yahweh God. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. So these 15 psalms of ascent, they, uh, they vary very greatly in their, in their themes and their tones. They talk about everything from going through lament to, to joy, from confusion to understanding, from uh, dismay to awe and affection, just like the rest of the psalms. And, and I love this idea because the truth is, like, in our own lives, we are often going through kind of mountainous climbing situations. Like, we, we dredge and drudge our way through emotional rivers, sometimes even getting swept away for a time. We, we thirst our way through spiritual deserts where we feel like God has abandoned us, and we cry out. We, we gaze in awe from the tops of mountains in incredible times, and we cry out in desperation from the deepest, deepest valleys. We climb mountains throughout our lives. And I think that we can all acknowledge that like, climbing a mountain is not easy, right? If climbing a mountain is easy for you, please come see me after the service. I would like to talk about your workout routine. <laughs> um, but climbing a mountain isn't easy. It takes stamina and it takes perseverance. It takes determination. It takes following a path that oftentimes you don't know exactly where it's going. And if you've ever gone hiking or whatever, you know that you can't just like stare at your feet while you hike. My son does this all the time and he runs into trees. It's hilarious. I do laugh because, you know, I'm human. <laughs> um, no, you have, to, you have to look up from time to time. Let's check out our psalm again. Verses 1 and 2, it says, Come bless God, all you servants of God, you priests of God posted to the night watch in God's shrine. Say this with me. Lift your praising hands to the holy place and bless God. Friends, when you're climbing the mountain, you have to shift your focus off of the path and look up. Like you got to focus on the prize, right? Focus on the mountaintop. And I love this idea that it says, lift your praising hands. Do you know like when we sing songs, and maybe sometimes you'll see someone put their hands up. Do you, do you know what, what this means? Why people do this? This means, God, I, I don't know what is happening in my life right now, but you do. God, I'm, I'm really lost, but you know exactly where I'm at and where I need to go. God, I, I'm not in control, but I know that you are. God, I trust you. Sometimes when you're, when you're climbing a mountain, you have to, you have to ignore the, the signs and the obstacles that pop up. You have to ignore that inner screaming child that just wants to sit down and pout. Several years ago, uh, before we had children, um, we were on vacation in Tennessee in the Smoky Mountains and uh, with my parents and my brother and his wife and their uh, three little boys that I mentioned earlier. And we decided we're going to hike this trail um, that is supposed to go up to this most incredible scenic overlook, like very much hyped up. 
And so we decided to do this. And as I said, my brother has three little boys. And uh, so he took the oldest and put him on a backpack, like a hiking backpack on his back. And his wife, Courtney, took the baby. And that left Isaac, the middle child, for yours truly to carry on my back. Um, and so we're hiking this trail. And, and honestly, it's going fairly well, like as well as it can go for when you are hiking a trail with three little boys who are hungry and tired and have foregone their nap in order to climb a mountain. Um, going fairly well until tragedy hits. This right here is me, and that is my good buddy Isaac on my back, and as you can tell, he is screaming bloody murder. I mean, like, ah! And at this point, when this picture was taken, my wife can attest, he had been screaming for 10 minutes solid. I mean, like, this kid has some serious lungs. He's going to be an opera singer one day. And so we had this choice to make. When this was taken, we were roughly halfway up the mountain, halfway through the trail. And so we could sit down and wait, which we did for a few minutes. Like maybe he'll calm down. And that clearly didn't happen because it wouldn't be a good story if it did. Um, We could turn around and go back down the mountain. uh, And hopefully once we got back to the cabin, he would take a nap and or whatever. Or we could just say, you know what, we've made it this far, we might as well just keep going, right? Like, let's, let's make it to the overlook at least. Like, let's make all of this kind of misery worth it. So, so we decided we're going to go for it. We're just going to make it up the hill. And um, it was not pleasant. <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, if you've ever had the wonderful joy of having a toddler scream into the back of your head for 30 minutes straight, it makes you think all kinds of unholy things, all right? <laughs> Um, like for sure. Um, but we did. We, we did it. We finally made it. And friends, when we made it to the top, this is what we saw. Absolutely incredible. Also, clearly, I did not take this picture. All right. I got this online. But this is where we went. This is what we got to see. And uh, absolutely incredible. But here's the thing, friends. This view right here, how many times do you think we saw it on the journey before we got to the top of the mountain? Big fat zero. This view you only get when you make it all the way to the top. The top of the mountain, the view there is, it's it's unlike anything else. And here's what the Bible says about this view at the top of the mountain. The next verse in our psalm, it says, in turn, read this with me. May God of Zion bless you, God who made heaven and earth. May God of Zion bless you. Do you know what Zion is? Zion is the mountain that Jerusalem was built on top of. Zion is the mountain where the temple was built. And this temple on the mountain of Zion represented the very physical presence of God on earth. The presence of the Most High God. Friends, when we we ascend the mountain, we realize that that's where God is. Like God is there waiting for us. And I love the idea that these Psalms of Ascent that we're talking about, 
they end with this. Psalm 134 is the last of the Psalms of Ascent. And so all of these Psalms lead up to this moment that ends with, as we bless God, may God bless you. Friends, don't don't miss this. Because you see, as we climb these mountains in life, and we take our eyes off of the obstacles and the things that are popping up, the, the brokenness all around us, and we fix our eyes on Jesus, who's the only source of healing in our lives. God blesses us. He looks with favor upon us. Friends, when we, when we sing songs of, of praise to God, when we, when we pray, when we spend time reading the truth from God's word, when we sit in meditation and focus and listen to God, he meets with us. He shows up when we worship him. And this is my point, friends. We bless God in the ascent because ultimately we know he is the summit. He's where our feet stand. He's the cornerstone of our faith. He's the one who's lifted us up out of death and into life. You and I are the unlikely, undeserving, and quite often ugly benefactors of God's incredible, beautiful grace. God is the reward, my friends. He is the mountaintop. When we reach the summit, we realize the fullness of his grace. And in that fullness, God does what only he can do in our lives. But here's the thing. He gives us so much more. He doesn't even wait for us to get to the summit. Just a few Psalms back, Psalm 125, which is also one of our Psalms of Ascent. In verse 2, it says this. Just as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forever. As you ascend your mountain in life, you are surrounded by the God who loves you, who wants to sit and be there with you. And I know there might be some of you that are thinking like, Nate, you don't know what's going on in my life. You don't know what I've been through. It certainly doesn't feel like God is surrounding me. And you're absolutely right. I I don't know what you've been through. I can't speak to that. I wish I could. I really do. But here's the one thing I do know. Sometimes in life, when things are the craziest in front of you, when, when things are the busiest or the most broken feeling in front of you, that's when it's the easiest to lose sight of who's standing right behind you, walking with you, supporting you on each step of your journey. And that someone behind you is Jesus, friends. Jesus himself assures us of this promise. One of the, one of the very last things he says on earth before he ascends back into heaven. We read it at the, the very end of the book of Matthew. It says, be sure of this. Like, don't doubt it. This is something you can stand on. I am with you always even to the end of the age. Jesus, the the great healer, the one they called the Prince of Peace, the, the wonderful counselor, the King of Kings, he is with you always. He's standing there welcoming you with open arms. 
He literally died a brutal murderer's death and then rose again just to show you exactly how much he loves you, how crazy he is about you. My friends, in the arms of Jesus, there's no better place to be. We bless God in the ascent because we know he is the summit. Jesus is the one who holds us where we stand. No matter if we're standing at the base in the valley, looking up at how high and impossible the mountain looks, or whether we're standing on the mountaintop and gazing out on the beauty of God's creation, or anywhere in between, he is the one we stand on. I want to take just a little bit of time today for us to spend some time in meditation and, and really sit and, and think about, like, who, who is God to you? What, what has he done in your life that maybe you can look back and, and have a, an exclamation of gratitude or admiration? What has he done in your life? I, for me, you know, gratitude in this season recently has looked a lot like just taking the time to acknowledge the little things in life. Um, just a few weeks ago, I got to climb a mountain of sorts. Uh, my wife was gone for a whole week visiting her sister and a little two-month-old baby. And uh, I got to be a single parent to our three little kiddos. And single parents in the room, I have so much respect because, oh my gosh, like, I, I think it might have been the hardest week of my life. And, and I realize that maybe this is unrelatable to some of you, but it was so hard. Like, just the little things. Like, can you just get yourself stereo, please? Like, I'm so tired. But in the midst of, of tiredness, and, and actually that was the week that we decided to have our first live in-person services, and my mind was exploding on how to do that. But in the midst of all of that, some beautiful little moments happened. Our, our middle uh, child, our oldest son, Barrett, has always been a mama's boy. Uh, always clinging to her leg or, or cuddling with her. And uh, great kid, but he's just always been a mama's boy. And for a whole week, mama was gone. And so uh, if he wanted to cuddle with someone or, or whatever, like I was all he had. <laughs> um, but, but things started to happen. Like we would we'd be watching a movie and he would come sit with me and want to cuddle with me. Or I'd be tuck him into bed and he'd say, I, I love you, daddy. Or uh, he would come up to me and say, Daddy, we wrestle on the floor. Which I was happy to do. And even since Katie's been back, my son has been more open to me. He, he wants to play with me more. He wants to talk with me more. And, and he's just four. And again, I know it, it may seem a little silly, but for me, I recognize these little moments and how beautiful they are. And how he looks at me with such awe and wonder in a lot of ways. My friends, that's how, that's how God feels about us. Maybe today you're, a, you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you think I'm crazy. And I am a little bit, but... I, I wonder if you can look back at certain moments in your life and just 
as you think about it, maybe notice someone or something having even the slightest amount of influence. Maybe you'd like to talk more about this Jesus guy. Um, We're going to sing a song over you guys in just a moment, a a song that was born out of these Psalms of Ascent. We're going to sing it over you as you meditate and think about who God is and and what's, what's, um, what has happened in your life that he has done. And uh, during this time, our prayer room is going to be open. And if you would like to talk or pray with someone, we would be honored. My friends that are headed over there right now, they would be honored to pray with you, to talk with you, to tell you more about this Jesus guy that came and literally changed the entire world. Maybe today you, you are a follower of Jesus, but, but you've never just stood before God and said, God, you are so incredible, and you've done so much for me. And so today I'm going to make my exclamation of gratitude and admiration for who you are, and I'm going to lift my hands, and I'm going to sing unashamed, un, unworried about anything that anyone else thinks. I just want to give you all the glory because you deserve it for who you are and all that you've done. After this time, we're going we're gonna to sing some songs together, and we're going to bless God's name together. I encourage you, lift up your exclamation, because we bless God with the exclamation of gratitude and admiration. Finally, maybe, uh, maybe today you feel like you're in, in that mountain climbing mode. Maybe you feel like you've been climbing up a mountain for so long, it just seems like it's never going to end. And it's hard. But my friend, know that Jesus is right behind you. He's walking with you every step of the way. And maybe today you simply need to turn around and say, Jesus, Jesus, thank you. I know that you're here. Jesus, catch me as I fall. Maybe you need to to lift your own song of ascent today. Maybe you need to bless God in the ascent because you know that he is the summit. He's holding you. Wherever you're at on your journey today, friends, please don't miss an opportunity to meet with God in a unique and way, a unique and fresh way. Let's pray together. Jesus, Father God, I, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for your rich and incredible grace and goodness in our lives. And God, as we take some time now just to sit and hear these these words of truth saying over us, God, and and to think about who you are to to us personally, really who you are and everything that you've done. God, would you reveal yourself in a fresh way? God, we know that you are like an incredible mountain. And, and we can never see all of you. But would you take us on a unique journey today to see a fresh new piece of who you are, God, to learn a fresh revelation of the truth of, of who you are today, to see your goodness in a new way, to experience your life like it's the very first time. God, give us boldness 
to make exclamations of gratitude and admiration to you. To say, I'm going to bless you even in the climb because I know that you've got me. We love you, Jesus. We worship you this morning.